says she lost it. I said, is all right if I pray for a couple of people? She said, please do. Done the same thing with Brother Cromer last Saturday. Y'all know how the Spirit of God moved. Couple, I mean, God just moved. I prayed for some people in here. When I left this service, I was going down the mountain. Sister Sheila Austin was in front of me. The lady that came with her was in the car with her. I ministered to her. Never seen nothing like this before in my life. As I rode down that mountain behind her, I saw a spirit come out of that car. It took wings and it flew. And the Lord told me, he said, a suicide spirit just left that woman. Never seen nothing like that before. I saw that thing take its flight. I saw it leave. God set her free. When that happened, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. Y'all remember how Paul cast the spirit out of the woman? What was it in Philippi? Because she followed him and said, These are men of the Most High God. Hear ye them. And Paul, being grieved in his spirit, turned and rebuked that devil and commanded it to come out of her. You know what the Word of God says? It came out of her the same hour. It didn't come out of her right then. It came out of her in a certain time period. When I was going down the mountain, after that woman had been ministered to, that suicide spirit came out of her. It came out of her. People was delivered here last week. They was delivered of depression. They was delivered of nervous breakdowns. They was delivered of panic attacks. They was delivered of suicide spirits. Why? We are in a time of a visitation. We are having an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but because it ain't shouting and buck dancing uh, and everybody running the aisles and talking in tongues, uh, people can't see uh, that we are in the midst uh, of a visitation uh, and God is pouring out uh, of His Spirit. He's pouring it out. But you got to ask yourself, what does it look like? Is it crank up the music? Let's have church. Or is it fall on your face in the altars? Seek the face of God and wait for the visitation. Like swept in here this morning. Like what I preached last night. Same thing Brother Cromer preached last Sunday. For God to give people a burden for souls. Man, something moved in here today. When I preached on getting in earnest prayer last night. Get down to business with God. Because people ain't. Everybody wants to come sit in a chair and, and, and nobody wants to kneel at the altar. Nobody wants to get in prayer where the Spirit and God move and they just want to come in. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. God, we need you, Lord. Oh, God, we need a move of God. Lord, if you don't do something, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. That kind of prayer, I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to lose out with God. You're going to lose out with God. It's time to get determined. Amen. There's a visitation upon us. It's like I said last night, what do you want to go home with? What do y'all want to go home with? Huh? What do y'all want to go home with? I'm going to tell you something. Come down in here today. You want to go home with this or you want to go home with this? You want to go home with that field or you want to go home with that field? Well, I'm going to tell you, a shout and a talk in tongues and a run to dance, dance and a praise. It's good to praise God. I love to praise God. There's times I run and I shout and I praise God. 
Don't do a whole lot of dancing. The Spirit moves on me just right. But that, won't even fill that cup up right there. You're still going to leave bound. You're still going to leave sick. You're still going to leave diseased. You're still going to leave in depression and discouragement. You're still going to leave with a devil tormenting your mind. But we leave with, we can leave with this field. We can leave with the joy of the Lord. We can leave with the joy of the Lord. We can leave with our cups running over. If we'll just learn to wait on what the Lord wants to do. Learn to wait in prayer. In prayer. Now, Willis, 11 o'clock, we got to start a service. Y'all see any clocks in here? Ain't going to be none. Why? You don't put the Spirit of God on timetable. You don't put the Spirit of God on timetable. Brother Harlan, I know that you ain't going to get upset because you didn't get to teach this morning. But some people would. I was supposed to do Sunday school this morning. They just prayed right over me. <laughs> we are in a visitation. Can anybody see this? Can anybody see God pouring out His Spirit? Can anybody see God pouring out His Spirit? Say, why is God pouring out His Spirit? Because I feel something changing in here. Anybody feel the Spirit of God changing you? Anybody feel the Spirit of God sweep over you this morning and go down deep? That's what God's doing. He's going down deep. The Spirit of God's penetrating into your very heart, into your very thoughts, into the very workings of your spirit, man, to get these things out of you that's going to hinder you. Why? He's wanting to take us somewhere. 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 Hallelujah. I said he's wanting to take us beyond just good singing. He's wanting to take us beyond just good shouting. And a good Honda Mayoho Yamaha. He won't take us beyond it. If you come up on somebody driving that truck, the Lord shows you they're bound. You got it what it takes to pray the prayer of faith and deliverance for them right there. We can find the move of God to these four walls. We can find it right here. Find the move of God right here. God ain't in here. He's out there too. He's out there too. Jesus ministered in the temple. He ministered in homes. He ministered in the streets. Most of what Jesus done was in the streets, in the marketplace. 
Amen. He's in the streets in the marketplace. The Spirit of God is wanting to take us somewhere. How many wants to go? Do you want to go? Or we won't keep talking about a move of God. We won't keep talking about what God's going to do for us. Let me tell you something. The true shout, the true praise, the true moving of the Spirit of God coming out of you in tongues is the result of something happening in here. It's the true praise and manifestation of something God has worked in your spirit, man. Ooh, that didn't ring too good, did it? Well, the matter, I ain't felt like shouting praise God in a long time. Could be, ain't nothing working in here. You're just an old mean pastor. That's right, I am. But y'all stuck with me till you get something better. Or I'll say get something else. Seriously, when a true praise and a true worship comes out of your heart, it's because something has happened to you on the inside. Any Anybody in here ever had God deliver you from something? You ever had God change? You ever got had God really work something in you? What did it do? Caused you to praise and magnify God and brought peace and joy. Brought an expression of worship to your heart. My God, you rejoice because uh, you had been set free. We trying to praise God when we're bound. Uh, we're trying to praise God when we're down in our spirits. Uh, we're trying to praise God. Uh, my God, when we got all this heaviness sitting on us. Uh, my God, did in prayer uh, like we just done. Let the joy uh, of the Lord come in. Let God come in uh, and deliver you and set you free. Uh, then you can stand on your feet uh, and you can shout uh, with a voice of triumph. Uh, you can shout for victory. Uh, you can praise God for joy uh, because something in you has changed. Hallelujah. Then we can crank up the music. What's God set you free? What's God set you free? Can I take you somewhere this morning? Will you let me try to take you somewhere? Romans the 8th chapter. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. I can take you if you want to go. Anybody won't go? Anybody won't go somewhere in God you ain't never been? I do. My prayer ain't God pour out your spirit on me so I can shout and talk in tongues. My prayer is God let your spirit come inside me and penetrate me and change me. Let me become a partaker of your divine nature. Let that mind that was in Christ Jesus, let it be also in me. That's what my prayer is. Not that I've just got an outward expression. My God, what's your outward expressing? What's your outward expressing? 
If ain't something happening inward, what's the outward expression for? You want outward expression, get something inside. Amen. You want outward expression, you want to shout and praise God. I'm talking about true worship. And get something happening here. Get something happening here. Then you'll have something to praise God about. Then you'll have something to praise God with. Amen. Let God change you. Let God work in you. Let God move in you. Just like I, I wish Sister Ladina was here today. I'd get her to testify. She was taught, telling Sister Pat last night. She said, every time I get around this man, she said, everything goes wrong. <laughs> Didn't she? She she told she said, I come to this man's tent and eat when I was 14 years old. Said something fell on me in the spirit of God. She said, I didn't know what to do with it. And said, my daddy was a Baptist preacher. And he told me and my sister said, don't y'all go back to that tent meeting. I forbid you. She said, I ain't never disobeyed my daddy. She said, but me and my sister went to my mama and said, Mama, there's something at that tent meeting. God's doing something in my soul. God's doing something in my life. And we're going back to that tent meeting. Mama said, go ahead. Made her daddy mad. I mean, got mad. But you know what her daddy got mad about? I was preaching against sin. He was committing adultery. And God caught up with him. Well, about two years after that, her daddy passed away. She moved over here, started coming to church here. Her home busted up. Husband run off and left her. I said he needed to leave. Because he's committing adultery. She said, every time I get around this word, she said, God starts changing my life. Fix and change it again. Fix and change it again. You know why? Just don't reach out and get a hold of you. God don't have a purpose for you. Just don't reach out and get a hold of you. God ain't got a plan for your life. God didn't put you in this church to enjoy good church. He put you in this church to serve him and become a vessel he can use. Amen. Become a vessel he can use. Hallelujah. Y'all got the Bible program up back there? Pull it up for me. I think I'm just going to beat the ears off the devil today. Is that all right? Can we just beat the ears off the devil today? I'll just take mine and Brother Harlan's time slot. Got it up? Tell it to hurry up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. We're living in fearful times. We're living in fearful times. These are the last days. You don't never know when you wake up in the morning 
or before you go to bed at night if this country ain't going to be in war and calamity or disaster, if the world ain't going to be in a, a mess, you don't, you don't know. That's why I've told people, you better be led by the Spirit of God where you go and what you do. Somebody was telling me they caught a young man going to a football game in Chattanooga the other night with a loaded handgun. He was going out there to just start shooting people, and they caught him. You ain't safe nowhere now. If you ain't covered by the blood of the Lamb, you ain't led by the Spirit of God, I'd be scared to step out of my house. Because I'm going to tell you anything I get ready to do, and I feel that checking of the Holy Ghost, I ain't overriding it. Y'all got it back there? Look up the word baptized for me. B-A-P-T-I-Z. Give me a definition. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Man, I feel good. Anybody feel good? Man, I said charged after that service last night. My wife went in, she said, I got to go sleep. I said, go ahead. Man, I was, I was charged for two and a half hours. Something charged my battery last night. Got it? Give me a definition of baptize. To immerse, submerge, to make, overwhelmed, uh, used, uh, that, that, I'll skip that, um, wash. Okay. So the word baptize means to submerse. Is that right? To merge, to make overwhelmed. And to make overwhelmed. Look up the word born, B-O-R-N. Go John 3.16, look up the word born, give me a de- definition, uh, or John 3. Somewhere in there, about 3, 3, 5, 3, 6. Hallelujah! Glory. feel like I'd run to Fort Payne if I didn't have to preach. Feel joy. Instead of feel joy. Yeah, that'll work right there. Uh, from a variation of uh, 1085, to procreate properly of the father, but by extension of the mother, figuratively, to regenerate. Okay. There, to to procreate, or to birth, or to beget. Be born, bring forth, conceive, be delivered. Okay. How many of y'all been baptized in water? Let me see your hands. Y'all been submerged in water? You've been emerged? You've been overwhelmed by water? <laughs> How many of y'all been birthed by water? That's what I'm waiting on God to tell me on that one. Anybody been baptized in the Spirit of God? 
Anybody been born by the Spirit of God? Ding, 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 ding. It's one of them light bulb moments. Woo! I ain't going to preach on it. I just want to give you something to think about. <laughs> That's what? Huh? What's wrong? I ain't teasing you. I'm going to make you study. Romans, the eighth chapter. Y'all there with me? Fifteenth verse. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or my Father. The Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs with, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs are equal heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now I want you to look at that 17th verse. If so be that we suffer with him. There's a difference between suffering with him and suffering for him. Yes, there is. That word suffer right there means hardship or pain to undergo an emotion or influence, affliction, motion, or suffering. So if you suffer with him, y'all see that? For if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. First Peter, the fourth chapter. Man, God is doing something great. Verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. He just didn't say a trial. He said a fiery trial. Which is to try you or to test you or to prove you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. My God, why is it when we go through trials, we think something strange has happened to us? We think God has left us. God's forsook us. God's given up on us. God's rejected us. Why is it when we go through these hard, fiery trials? First thing people want to do is quit coming to church. Quit praying. Quit reading the word. Quit fellowshipping with one another. You cut yourself off, somewhere the devil will pick you off. He will, he'll pick you off. Because you ain't going to stand without the body. This is the day God's bringing the body together. He's bringing the body together. 
But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Any of y'all ever been able to praise God in your trials? Not very many of us. (laughs) But when you get victory, when you let that suffering, when you come to identify with the sufferings of Christ, which is where I'm going with this, if I can get there, then you got joy. Why? You see his glory being revealed. You see his glory being revealed. Paul knew that when God put him in a trial, that something good was going to be revealed. And he said, I glory in my tribulation. He said, I glory in them. I'm glad to see God put me in trials and tribulations because I know something's good coming out of it. I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to reach another place. I'm going to reach another level. I'm going to reach another depth in God. (laughs) It's hard for us to say that. It's hard for us to say that. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Mercy, I don't even know why I got that marker there. I know I got it there for a reason. Hang on. Okay. Philippians 3. I studied so many scriptures yesterday and so many definitions till my mind was bogged down last night. If I started preaching last night, I'd still been preaching this morning. That's how full my spirit was last night. Philippians 3. Y'all with me? Verse 7. Everybody there? But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. We ain't lost nothing. We ain't lost nothing. No, we hadn't. But yet we still complain. We ain't lost nothing. But you're fixing to. If you go the way God wants you to go, you're fixing to lose some stuff. You're fixing to lose some stuff. I asked somebody one time, I said, why don't you serve God? Well, I'm afraid I'll lose my identity. I'm afraid I'll lose my friends. I said, my God, what better thing to lose them for? You know what people know me by? My relationship with God. My relationship with God. I was shocked with the pastor the other night, just before he dismissed the service, said I counted a great honor and a privilege to have Pastor John Metter with us. He said a man who has given his life to God and many, many, many people have been delivered and healed and set free because of that man's sacrifice and dedication to the Lord. I was shocked. But that's what people know me by. You can go back to my tent meetings for 30 years. Go back and I started preaching. 
and people all over this country, people in India, people in Canada, people in the Philippines, if you could talk to them, they'll tell you how God's delivered them and set them free and turned their lives around. That's my legacy. Do I boast? I boast in Christ. I boast in Christ. Do I boast in myself? No, because in my flesh there is no good thing. But I boast in Christ. That's what Paul said. In myself I don't boast, but I boast in Christ that liveth in me. It's time to get him living in us. It's time to get him living in us, children. Well, I want to see a move of God. You just saw one. This whole camp meeting, there was a move of God here. My God, what do you call people being healed and delivered from suicide spirits and depression and panic attacks? Souls getting saved. The Spirit of God penetrating in prayer almost every service. Almost every service, the Spirit of God just penetrated people's hearts in prayer. When that Spirit penetrates, it does something. It just don't go in there and sit there. It begins to work on what's wrong inside of you that's displeasing to God. It begins to work on you. Yeah, it does. And it begins to tell you you need to change. I ain't going to change. Don't. But I'm going to tell you something. If you want what God's got for you, we're going to change. Every one of us, from right here all the way to the front door, everybody in between, we're going to change. We're going to change. Y'all still with me? said, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Man, if all you got to talk about how righteous you are is all your works all these years, you ain't got nothing. Because your righteousness don't come through your works. Your righteousness comes through Christ living inside of you and teaching you to live holy and clean. I've had people come up for prayer. Believe God will heal. Oh, yeah, God's healed me many times. I've been saved 25 years. I've had missed a, a, a Sunday in church. I've done this and I've done that and couldn't feel an ounce of faith in them nowhere. You know why? They're expecting God to heal them on their works. Expecting God to move for them because of what they've done. True righteousness don't come from what you've done. That's what the law was. The law was works. True righteousness comes because you know that Christ has taken his abode in you and he is bringing in conviction and changing you into a new creature. That's where true righteousness comes from. Amen? That's where true righteousness comes from. Now, y'all stay with me. I'm fixing to get into something here. I'm fixing to get into something here. Hallelujah.
Y'all can't see that. That's just the sufferings of Christ. Verse 10. Are you with me? That I may know him. Y'all following with me? That I may understand him. That word know there is not the biblical sense no. That word know there means to understand. That I may understand him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Plural, sufferings. Y'all know what that word fellowship means right there? Comes from the original Greek, 2842, if you want to write it down. Means partnership, participation, intercourse, communication, distribution, fellowship, partaker. So Paul said, I want to understand how to be a partaker of his sufferings. I want to know about the power of his resurrection. But I want to know how to enter into that place that I can become a partaker of his sufferings. Y'all with me? I'm fixing to show you something. I'm fixing to show you the completeness of God. Y'all with me? I told y'all God revealed it to me about a month ago. I'm fixing to show it to you right here. Then I'm going to go back and expound on it. That I may know him or understand him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship or the partaking of being a partner of his sufferings, being made conformable, or taking on the same form that he took on in his death. Not his natural death, his spiritual death. I went through all this about two weeks ago. Y'all stay with me. If by any means I might obtain, or I might enter, attain means an entry point. It means an arrival point. If by any means, whatever it takes... That I can enter. I can enter into that resurrection of the dead. That word resurrection like there is different than any other definition of resurrection in the whole Bible. That word resurrection right there comes from the original Greek, New Testament, 1815 and 1817, which means to produce a rebirth or to bring forth. The one right up above it means raised up. (laughs) The one in ten means raised up. That one right there, you look it up when you get in today. It means to reproduce, to birth, to bring forth. Y'all stay with me. If I'm boring you, go to sleep. If by any means whatsoever I might attain or arrive or enter into that place unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already arrived 
either were already perfect. That word perfect right there means complete. Y'all following with me? That word right there means complete. It means to be complete. All right. Not as though I had already attained. I hadn't entered in yet. Either we're already perfect or complete in God. But I follow after if that I may apprehend. That word apprehend right there means to possess. I've told the Lord I've got the knowledge of it. I've got the understanding of it. But I still can't seem to possess this. You identify with me, Sister Brenda? God's given us the knowledge of it. He's given our understanding of it. But Paul said, I have not yet apprehended it. He said, this thing has apprehended me. He said, I have not apprehended what I have been apprehended with. This thing has got a hold of me, Paul said. I see that mark. I see that prize. I see the perfection as being the fullness of God and the power of His resurrection. Are y'all seeing this? He said the completeness is the fullness of God walking in the power of His resurrection. That's the perfection God wants to bring in us. That's the completeness of God. But Paul said, I have not yet attained it. I ain't found the entry point. I ain't found it yet. I have not possessed it yet. Somebody's got it. He said some of them may already be complete. Some of them may have already apprehended. But I ain't got it. But this one thing I do. I forget about all them things behind me. And I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I got my eyes on being made complete in Him. A possessing that completeness of God that power of his resurrection but I've got to come to understand the fellowship of his sufferings the key to the completeness of God is understanding the fellowship of his sufferings the Lord gave me this when I woke up the other morning it's full of fruit Full of apples. Can you see them apples? Can you see them? Everybody see them? Y'all see them? Everybody see them apples? But to be a partaker of that, something's got to happen to us. Let me see if I can break this down to you. I'm trying. That's the trouble I have when God shows me something. I have trouble trying to break it down where y'all understand it like God gave it to me. Boy, if I ever get there, we'll be good. (laughs) But the suffering that Christ went through, not here on this earth, in the pits of hell, the suffering that he went through, I preach to y'all on being baptized into his death. When you're baptized into his death, you become a partaker of his sufferings. It's not that you physically partake of it, but in here and in your spirit, you know what he went through. 
you know what he experienced because you can identify with what he has experienced and you have become a partaker of his sufferings, that causes the love of God to come forth in your heart because you don't want anybody to go where he was, to face what he faced, and to die lost and undone in a devil's hell. Am I making sense to anybody? When you are baptized into his death and you come to understand his sufferings. Well, Brother Matter, the church world, don't preach it that way. Well, then go back to the church world then. They preached a lot of things wrong. Yeah, they have. Y'all know they have. Preached a lot of things wrong. But they put me between the devil and the deep blue sea because I'm trying to get people's eyes open. It's all right, I can handle it because I'm going to train y'all right. I'm going to train y'all right. It'd be easy just to reach in there and get a hold of that. But if you don't understand what you're getting a hold of, you might not want to get a hold of it. You might not want to get a hold of that if that's going to bring you suffering. Or if that's going to bring in you a knowledge of what Christ suffered in the pits and horrors of hell. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're going to identify with his death or you ain't never going to put on his life. You're going to identify with his death because only through identifying with his death are you going to put on his life. Only through identifying with his death and being baptized during his death and becoming a partaker of his sufferings are you going to be able to know what the glory that can be revealed in you. The only way you're ever going to know the glory that can be revealed in you, you've got to have the knowledge and you've got to suffer with Him. There's a difference between suffering with Christ and for Christ. Are we going to suffer for Christ? Yes, we are. But we're also going to suffer with Him. Am I making sense to anybody? Nobody? It's okay. I'll get there. We'll get there. Brother Matter, why do you do this stuff? It just backs up in here like I can't hold it in no more. <laughs> I just go, yeah. <laughs> I just got to let it out. <laughs> when you come to the understanding, matter of fact, Sister Ladena's husband, Josh, was telling me the Lord carried him out and he saw a vision of hell. And I told him, I said, next time you come to church, I want you to testify. Is anybody, has the Lord ever let you see a glimpse of hell? Anybody? In your horriblest thoughts, has anybody ever thought about hell? Has anybody ever thought about hell according to what the Bible says? Just what you can think in your own carnal mind is pretty bad. But just stop and think. When the Spirit of Christ, I'm talking about something different than what we call the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I have yet a baptism to be baptized with. Did he not? Did he not say there's a baptism that I have yet to be baptized with? There is a baptism yet for me and you to be baptized with, and we're going to be baptized into his death. You're going to be baptized into his death. And when you are baptized into his death, you're going to come to understand his sufferings. And when you come to understand his sufferings, the love of God's going to fill your soul. And you ain't going to want nobody to go there. 
You ain't going to want your enemy. You ain't going to want the sorriest human being, the lowest scum of the earth. You ain't going to want nobody to go through the hell and the torments and the horrors that Jesus Christ paid in hell to deliver your soul and to set you free. It's going to cause the love of God to swell up in your soul. It's going to cause you to realize what was done for you. Let me tell you something. Anybody can go through physical suffering. There's people that have gone through a lot worse physical suffering than Jesus did at that whipping post and on that cross. That wasn't the sufferings he went through. Anybody, a lot of people have went through a whole lot more. Let me tell you something. There's people every Easter in the Philippines put a crown of thorns on their head, put a cross on their back, walk down the street with a cat of nine tails, and they whip their backs. They go through the same suffering Jesus went through. When they get to the end of the trail, they crucify him, put him on that cross, and hang him up. They do it for uh, they do it for penitence. It's a Catholic tradition. It happens every Easter Sunday in the Philippines. They go through the same suffering that Christ went through physically, but it wasn't the sufferings he went through physically. It was what his soul went through spiritually. Is anybody with me? It's what he went down there and paid for my soul and your soul and every soul of man to be delivered. He broke the bondage of the devil. He destroyed the works of the devil. He broke the fear of hell and death uh, off of man that man would no longer uh, fear hell and death. He sets you free uh, and when you are baptized uh, into his death uh, you come to understand uh, the life uh, that can live in you. I know y'all ain't understanding what I'm saying. I can't help it. I got to preach it. When I get through preaching this I can come back next Sunday and preach Daniel in the lines again. Or I can come back and preach Shadrach, Meshach, and a bed we go. Or preach your shack, my shack, and to bed we go. It's about the way the church is living now. It's not funny, it's scary. The people standing up in the pulpit. Adulterers and fornicators and homosexuals and lesbians. It's sad. I'm going to tell you what's fixing to happen. God's fixing to turn some people over to a reprobate mind. You don't think God's playing church? I stood right back there and ministered to a woman who used to come to this church. When I was ministering to her, the Spirit of God come on me, and I saw she didn't want to serve God. I saw it. Some of y'all might have been in the service. Just like that, the Lord spoke to me. Y'all, you know that movie comes on every holiday, It's a Wonderful Life? When that man wished he had never been born? That's what the Lord spoke to me. And I looked at her and I said, God is going to fix it. And you're going to live a life like you never knew God. Right now she's an alcoholic and a harlot. Living ungodly and unclean. Because she made a choice not to serve God. The Spirit of God departed from her. The Spirit of God departed from her. You think it's too hard to serve God? Let me tell you something. You keep walling your heart off. God can't get to you. God will let his spirit depart from you. You think you're in misery now. You think you got some agony and upsetness now. Go ahead and quit playing with the spirit of God. Go ahead and keep planting your feet in the ground. Because God ain't doing what you want to. And you telling God you ain't going to serve him. He does what you want to. Let me tell you something. The thing formed does not say unto him that formed it. Why have you made me thus? You better get rid of your arrogance, your hard heart, and your proudness. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, the Spirit of God will put you down on your flat of your back. You'll beg for mercy. This ain't something to be playing with. He's the Almighty. He's the Creator. He made you. And whatever He decides to do with you and put you through, that's your lot in life. You better turn it over to Him. You better turn it over to Him. Because I'm going to tell you something. God don't have to do nothing for you. I don't serve God for what He does for me. I serve Him because I love Him. I serve Him because I love Him. I don't tell God, if you don't do so and so, I ain't going to do so and so. Who do you think you are? Well, God, if you don't do so and so, I ain't going to do so and so. Go ahead. See where it gets you. God don't have to answer you. I don't care how much you pray and fast. God don't have to answer you. Every time the Spirit of God approaches you, you put up a wall and you block him out. You know what God will eventually do? Quit approaching you. Quit approaching you. Quit trying to help you. I'm going to Romans 6. See if I can tie this down. And I'm hoping y'all can. I, I know it's new. I know it's deep. I know it's different. But we're going to keep preaching the same word and going around the same horn? Or are we going to try to go somewhere different? Man, if all it is to God crank up the music and let's have church, y'all can have it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want an intimate relationship with God. I want to know Him. I want that depth. I want to be one of those that do know their God and are strong and going to do exploits. I want the fullness of Christ living in me. If all I got to look forward to is going to church and clapping my hands, shouting and singing and praising God, leaving the same way I come in, y'all can have it. I ain't interested. I ain't interested. I'm not going through that junk. I'm going to be fighting for God to change me and I'm going to be praying for God to change you. There's a baptism yet to come. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Somebody tell me how you get baptized into Christ's death. Can't be by water. Can't be by water. It's got to be by the Spirit. There's got to be a baptism yet to come. It's got to be what Jesus said. I yet have a baptism to be baptized with. At that point, he didn't even have it. He didn't even have it at that point. Are y'all following with me? And he said, he said, a fire's been kindled. And he said, I am in such a, a turmoil, such a strait, such a constriction in my spirit till this be accomplished. Man, there's a warfare. There's something going on in me. This has got to be accomplished. 
Why? Because he knew without this, we're never going to enter into what he's got for us. Am I making sense, children? My God, Brother Metter, you're losing me. You're blowing my mind. I can't help it. Somewhere I got to cut them steaks up and throw them on the grill. <laughs> I know some of you young in the Lord, you're not getting this. I know this ain't doing nothing for you. But there's some of you going to take this and you're going to dissect the Word of God. You're going to dissect the Word of God up one side and down the other. Why? Because you want to become a partaker. You want to come into the fellowship of His sufferings. Stay with me just a few more minutes. Give me five and I won't take over an hour and five. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Now stay with me in verse 5. If we have been planted together. That word planted together means united. United in the likeness or in the similitude of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Is anybody come into the similitude of the resurrection of Christ? Has anybody put on that resurrected life? You know why? We've never been baptized into his death. We've never been baptized into his death. Till we are baptized into his death. Till that spirit comes in us. And there ain't nothing I can do to get it or you can do to get it. Except wait and seek and knock and ask and tarry. And press. I'm pressing for something. Is anybody in here pressing for anything? I'm pressing. Why? I want what God's revealing to me in the scriptures. I'm pressing for it. Anybody want to be a partaker of his sufferings? Anybody want to be a partaker of his sufferings? You want to be a partaker of his sufferings? Yeah, you do. Want to be a partaker of his sufferings? Hope you got enough fruit. Anybody want? This is up to you. You want to be a partaker of his suffering? You want to be a partaker? I, I, I'm serious. I ain't playing games. Do you want to be a partaker of his sufferings? Do you want the revealing of the scripture and the word and the baptism of the spirit of Christ in you that's going to let you know what he fought, what he torment, the horrors, everything he went through in hell to deliver your soul? Do you want that revealed in you? Do you want that revealed in you? Because if you don't ever partake of this, you ain't never going to partake of his life. You can partake of salvation. It's up to you. God ain't forcing none of us. God ain't forcing none of us. And if you don't understand what I'm preaching, for God's sake, don't stick your hand in there. If you don't have an inkling of what I'm preaching... Don't stick your hand in there. But if you want to be a partaker of his sufferings, Sister Pat, I can't get to you. 
You want to be a partaker of his sufferings? It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. You ain't going to upset me. You ain't going to hurt my feelings or nothing. It's a choice. Bible said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Is it getting through to you, son? I believe you're understanding. you understanding? you understanding the cost? Won't be a partaker? Won't be a partaker? If you don't understand, don't do it. Won't be a partaker? You won't wait? All right, that's okay. That's okay. Won't be a partaker? I'm serious. Won't be a partaker? Won't be a partaker? There's life. Amen. He said, if we've been planted together with him in the likeness of his death, then we're going to know him in the likeness of his resurrection. Did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? But God, I ain't missing me. Yeah. Matter of fact, they got four left over. I ain't missing me. I got my eyes on this. You'll never have the love of God for souls that you need till you understand what it took to buy them. Do y'all know what Jesus paid? Do you know what it cost? Do you know what it cost Jesus to redeem you? It wasn't just the cross and the whipping. It was two days and two nights being tormented in the pits of hell. He paid for your soul. He redeemed you out of the devil's hand. The Bible said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Where did he do it at? Y'all going to find out that the majority of what Christ suffered was in the horrors of hell. Wasn't just physically on this earth. He didn't do that much suffering physically on this earth. He went through a lot of mental anguish because of being rejected. But most of his sufferings down there paying for your sins. There's a scripture in Hebrews, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse. said, though he were a son, Can anybody quote it? Though he were a son, yet through what? You know what that breaks down to, Sister Brenda? Though he were a son, yet he understood through submission. He understood through the things which he suffered. He learned to be submitted. Because when he knew that when he submitted to the sufferings God put him through, the glory was revealed. 
he come to understand through suffering the glory was revealed. When we suffer with him and we suffer for him, it's going to cause the glory to be revealed. Amen. When you're baptized into his death and you come to understand his sufferings, that makes you willing to suffer for him. When you understand what suffering with him is all about, then you're willing to suffer for him. People right now ain't willing to suffer for him. Y'all tell me we're willing to suffer persecution for the cause of Christ? There ain't a one of us in here to know what happened if we had to go through real persecution. Somebody walked through that door and laid a 45 between my eyes and said, if you preach another word, I'm going to blow your brains out. Would I have what it takes? Would I have what it takes not to deny Jesus? Look at me and say, if you don't deny Christ and run out of his church, I'm going to kill you. Would I have what it takes? You don't know, and I don't know. But I believe what God's bringing us into. Feeling it, ain't you? She's feeling it. He's feeling it. Beginning to understand. If you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. Amen. If you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. But you can't suffer with him if you don't understand what he suffered. And ain't but one thing going to do it. It's going to be a baptism. God's getting us ready for this baptism. What God's doing right now, he's cleaning, he's cleaning up our hearts. He's cleaning up our lives. He's getting all these little foxes out of us. Amen. He getting all these little foxes out of us. <laughs> Next time you do something wrong, it just pops in your mind what Jesus paid for, what he had to go through. <laughs> you talk about hitting an altar and repenting. <laughs> It'll make you pray. It'll make you pray. It'll make you ask for forgiveness. It'll make you ask for forgiveness. Don't fret, son. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Don't fret. He's young in the Lord. Some of y'all are a lot older in the Lord. I know this ain't popular, and I know some of you are wrestling with this, but you'll get it. You'll get it. Why? There's too much word behind it. Too much word behind it. Amen. Too much word behind it. I am ready to be free. Anybody ready to be free? Anybody ready to be free? For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. That means you'll have that constant warfare. <laughs> tell me your flesh don't give you a fight. Don't tell me you ain't a war in a warfare, your flesh against your spirit, and your spirit against your flesh. All of us are. But this will put to your carnal man. 
This will put death to your carnal mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> you won't fight no more battles in your carnal man like you've been fighting. Why? You're dead to sin. The desire's not there. The desire's not there. Why? This body of sin is destroyed. It's what Jesus done. It's what Jesus done. Through death, he destroyed him that had dominion of death, even the devil. He destroyed him. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In a believer's heart and mind and life, when you really come to understand who Christ is, who you are, what he's done, the devil's destroyed. He's destroyed. Amen. Am I making sense to anybody? Anybody at all? But see, the thing is, we still got enough flesh that we want to kind of live over here a little while, then we kind of want to live on God's side a little while. Then we kind of want to live on this side a little while, then we want to live on God's side a little while. There's just them pleasures of sin that we want to enjoy for a season. But the Bible said Moses counted the reproach of Christ greater riches than everything he had with Pharaoh. And he chose to suffer that reproach rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. God's trying to bring us over on his side. Amen. Can be made a partaker. Can be made a partaker. I've got that apple in my hand. But until I eat it, I'm still not partook of it. Still ain't partook of it. Still ain't shared it. It still ain't a part of me. Amen. Paul said, I'm going to know him. I'm going to understand the fellowship of his sufferings. When I understand the fellowship of his sufferings, I'm going to know what the power of his resurrection is. When I've been planted together with him in the likeness of his death, I'm going to know what it's like to have the resurrection of his life. We ain't never been there, church. We ain't never been there. Our constant walk with God has been a warfare and a fight to keep our flesh from sinning. And tell me it hadn't. Tell me it hadn't. Your constant relationship and walk with God, you've had to fast and pray and fight and restrain yourself from doing what your flesh wanted to do. Man, won't it be good just to get this rascal killed? Get him dead and done and over with. Put a tombstone on that sorry rascal and say, rest in peace. 